This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. It's Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast coming your way. And what's interesting to me is we want to get our content in front of all these people. And I've been telling people 90,000 downloads. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're still on daily episodes right now just because it's hard to keep up and why not uh, get them in front of you. But there is another side of podcasting that was brought to my attention by Todd Cochran. He's the CEO of Blueberry Podcasting. He's a podcast hall of famer. Uh, and of course he's been much, he's been involved in podcasting much, much longer than I have. Uh, but he's talking about private podcasting. So I thought, Let's talk about that topic. What's private podcasting? Why would you do it? And why, why should you even consider it at all? Don't we want to reach people, as many people as possible? But I guess the answer, as always, is it depends. Todd, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And yeah, I guess it, that, that's the true phrase. It depends. <laughs> that is the answer to everything anymore. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact, right? So Todd, tell us about private podcasting. What is it? What, why is that even coming up? Well, you know, we started looking at this at Blueberry Podcasting about a year ago. And uh, we started to see, even before COVID hit, this need for companies small and large and even podcasters, independent podcasters, to have the ability to really put content behind an authentication platform. And, um, you know, you may say, and like you said in the intro here, the majority of us do public podcasts. They want to be heard far and wide on as many platforms as possible and, and get it as much distribution. But if you're a company owner, and let's just, you know, I, I'll throw a couple of scenarios at you. Let's say you're a public company and uh, you've got 400, 500 employees across four or five different divisions. And you want to talk about earnings performance. Well, you can't talk about that publicly. That has to stay privately until it goes out as an official press release on what happened during the quarter and, you know, your profits and loss and, you know, the, the share dilution or whatever it may have been. That's an SEC type of report where that basically um, can't go out publicly. But if you have a, a system internally in the company where, a CEO could say, hey, here's where we're at. This is where we need to be. You know, this is what we're going to report. And that media is secure and authenticated so that only authenticated users could get to. It's a, it's a message that allows companies or a lot, it's a ability for a company to, to share that information and, uh, and keep it under lock and key. Some companies already do this on their VPNs. Maybe they've got a SaaS or some sort of system that they use to log in under. And some of that can be shut down there. But usually then you're calling in the, you know, someone within the company to come set up recording or you have to go to a studio within the company and it's really difficult. So 
we've really made it simple for companies to be able to put out content uh, easily as recording on your phone or, you know, uh, on your desktop, audio or video messaging, and be able to put that in a platform that allows that content to a variety of levels of security. Now, that's a whole different part of this conversation, but at the security level, they feel necessary to um, to make that access available to their employees or, or even, and again, this is just one example. It could be a bank. It could be a small business that's doing onboarding training. You could be, uh, um, you could have um, a sales, um, sales meeting, sales training. And really in the time that we live today with everyone being remote, no one's, at, not everyone's at the office and companies are struggling to be able to get content to their employees in the devices that they have in their pocket. And we've made that available now through a, a private podcasting app uh, for Android and iOS and also a, a private uh, web app as well. So really the ability to get the content to the person where they, and maybe even at the Apple podcast level, depending on this again the security level that the company so chooses to to implement very interesting so what's interesting is i used to do fridays right so every friday friday or aka friday i would put out uh, shout outs to employees right this person did that well this person did that well and people said they they appreciated it and people were looking if they were mentioned of course i couldn't always know everything then one week I decided to do kind of what you were mentioning, like a private podcast, right? So instead of me writing it out, I actually, um, I just recorded a voice message. I don't remember how I uploaded it. Uh, maybe it was just the MP4 in Basecamp or something. So not necessarily the best uh, user experience, right? right? If you weren't in front of your computer, but so some people liked it and some people said, I didn't like it because it was too linear. Right. So maybe shout outs doesn't work because some people just look for their names and they don't want to listen. Um, but it also, uh, on the other hand, what I like about podcasting is the authenticity. Right. And I, I think I've said that a gazillion times now on these 250 episodes here. Um, when CEOs used to put out their memos, who writes the memos? Mm -hmm. Probably not the CEO. Right. I mean, I've written plenty of CEO memos over my career. Um, so it's them, but it's really not. It's really me right. uh, speaking in their voice. And so if a CEO records a message, very hard to fake it, right? You have to be authentic. Sure. And, and I think what we've seen so far is the use cases have pretty much blown us away. Um, in Europe, uh, we've got a company that's using private podcasting for some ongoing certification that they have to get every year. They have to, to have so many hours of training and that training has to be, um, there has to be, you either go in person to a webinar or you go to um, a variety of different ways to get it. But the main thing is, is the regulatory requirement was that you had to be a hundred percent sure the person listened to the whole, to the whole thing. And mm -hmm. when you do a public podcast, that's not possible. They can start the show, download it, listen 30 seconds, skip ahead they may not listen to everything but with private podcasts and we have the ability and this is what's unique about this is to look at a user level look at a, a uh, episode level and say okay did did Susie listen to training 101 and did she get all the way through it and with our system we're able to say yes so it is interesting in the fact that in podcasting we've always wanted these kinds of 
numbers, you know, this data. And with private podcasting, because we have a user that's being authenticated, either through OAuth or SSO or maybe even just a, a list that the company provides with a, a username password to log in, that they now have the ability to see and get a report if someone actually completed that training or if they listened to the message or in another thing, companies want to know, did they even care? So how many people listen? Maybe now is a regulatory thing, but, you know, was this a topic that resonated with the company? So what comes to my mind here, Todd, a little bit is I actually had a CEO at a bank who was doing um, audio to employees. And he said, hey, did you listen to my, he didn't call it a, pub, a private podcast, but basically that's what it is. Um, and, and they said, you know what? We, we can't listen. We're at the teller station. Mm -hmm. We can't play that out loud. We don't have headphones. Right. <laughs> so there are some of those things to consider as well, right? Yeah, and you know, and again, it, it, every use case is a little bit different. And you know, I think the circumstances that most companies see themselves in right now that are employees working at home, um, and also what we've also found was um, one company they had an external sales force, all independent sales agents. Um, the company was in the, um, in the farming business. They're selling seed corn and soybeans and that kind of stuff. So their sales force is all, you know, spread, you know, they've got literally thousands of uh, sales agents spread throughout the United States and overseas. And they would basically um, do the sales training and sales updates and product updates and, and actually provide product information securely that would give that detailed information maybe a, that a salesperson would need. Maybe they wouldn't need to listen to that specific, you know, let's say there were, you know, brand 1002 seed corn. And I'm just using that kind of as a, you know, <laughs> stupid example, but mm -hmm. you know, if the farmer says, well, what's the advantage of brand 1002? And that's that sales agent could go back and say, okay, let me get brushed up on, brand 1002 so we've seen that use case but the main thing really and the resounding responses they want to make it as easy to listen to a podcast as they are private podcasts as is a public podcast on a phone um, of the users choosing android or, or ios and be able to get access to this content and not need some proprietary vpn login and you know all kinds of crazy stuff that they want to have that experience be the same. And again, that's, we're talking about businesses, but then we have podcasters that are doing bonus content. You know, maybe they have some Patreons or something that are contributing to the show and they're putting out a special episode, something to that effect. Yeah, definitely the ease has to be e easy for the consumption, but let's talk about the ease of the production. And of course, you know, I use Switcher Studio for a lot of my live streams, and we can't do every episode live, unfortunately. But even on the podcast side, like we're recording on Anchor right now, anchor.fm. And I don't know what your setup is, Todd, but my setup, I'm literally just sitting here um, with my AirPods in, and I got Anchor, the Anchor, let's call it a dashboard, but it's just your name and my name and a clock that's ticking, right? Um and that's all it is. Like, that's my setup. I don't have a fancy mic. I don't have anything other than those couple things. Uh, I imagine private podcasting, it's just as easy, right? Or, or do people need to get 
invest in uh, a mic and and what else like how do they get well, started the use case really runs the full gamut you know and sometimes they want to record from the phone sometimes they want to record from their desktop or have a roadcaster and do that type of investment it really runs the gambit but what we find is that most folks in the business setting want something professional they want it to sound professional uh, matter of fact some of our clients have even um, employed uh, through NDA our our pro uh, production team uh, they want these this content to still sound uh, good but not have to call in a big team um, which often happens when any type of audiovisual production happens in a company so you can get really really high quality um, at the same time of not having uh, a lot of complexity. We don't make it as easy as just loading up a, a web screen, um, but we do have the full options basically to upload the audio just like any other uh, podcasting platform once it's created. And when you say clients want it to sound good, what's like the definition of it sounding good when you work with clients? Yeah. Um, they don't want to sound like they're on a telephone conference call. You know, they want to be able to. <laughs> you know, that's the, you know, that's probably the main thing that we hear is, you know, we, 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 if we want to record a conference call, we can do that. And sometimes they do. And sometimes that's the actual quality that, that comes back. But uh, most of them want to have a little more, a little more quality. And really you can get fantastic quality today with almost no money. You know, if it's depends on a, and if, if you're a company, you know, they're going to want to invest a little bit of money and so maybe some microphones or some equipment. So it's a little bit different use case than an individual podcaster. Yeah, and, and certainly it's a kind of a personal sure. choice, but it's certainly easier today than I remember 15 years ago. You know, I had a sound studio with a soundproof walls, right. and every time I needed somebody to record something, they have to drive to the yeah. office and uh, put on the on-air Yeah, <laughs> on -air yeah we thankfully move way beyond that for sure. Right. Very, very interesting. Uh, let's talk about uh, briefly, uh, I mean, how about security, like when it comes to leaks? Sure. I mean, we we see this all the time, right? I mean, uh, CEO sends out a memo, the memo gets leaked. I mean, some some sometimes nobody cares because it's a small company or nobody mm -hmm. else is affected by it. But I see them all the time. How about leaks? I mean, it's very hard uh, if something gets out there one way or another, to say, well, I didn't say that. Well, you did. It's not, uh, I heard right. you, right? Does that happen or has it hasn't that come, come up? up? But security does come up. So I got one company that is, um, they're medical and they're dealing with HIPAA data. So they are very, very, I mean, it's like, that's probably the most secure you want to get. And actually at, the, at our highest security level, the podcast stops be, uh, becoming a podcast. It's no longer a podcast. It's actually a, uh, on-demand streamed audio content at the very, very highest security level because that's, you know, that's the only way you can truly protect the the media from being. Now, that doesn't stop an employee from trying to record that, but it basically means that that there's not a media file on their device. And then, if you go a little less security, then the media is encrypted at rest on the device. There's a authentication period. In other words. Um, employee gets fired, uh, the revocation happens immediately uh, across the, the system. Basically, their, their access to content is, uh, is pulled immediately through the authentication system so they can no longer listen or listen to that content. 
and then you know you you lessen the security a little bit less, and you're in a situation where um, maybe that you're you're just uh, in a situation where um, you're okay with them listing on the web, because the the higher you go, you're limited also in devices. So like at the highest security level, you can only listen on a mobile phone. You can't listen on the on the private web app. There because those systems can be circumvented if someone was really, really trying to capture audio and share it. So again, it really depends on the company and on their level. And what we find, and we employ four levels of security, is that most companies have been picking between security level two and security level three. And then, um, and then of course, security level four is the highest for for those that are dealing with the really information that can be really damaging if it got out. There's no perfect system, but most of our podcasters, on the other hand, they're just doing bonus content. They want to make sure that uh, Johnny can't share the audio file with Susie. So even at that level, we still have a, a little bit of a uh, security level, but that doesn't stop Johnny from actually downloading that media file and maliciously then sharing it. So Again, even as a podcaster standpoint, we tell them, and I think the thing that's important for anyone that's in it, we're not the only company doing this, is you, if you're researching this, there's implied security. In other words, this is what we do. And then there's explicit security. And this is what that security really, really does, what it really means. And we see a lot of marketing material across our competitors that imply security. And yet, all of a sudden, they come to us and say, hey, we've had a problem. This was shared. We thought we had this level of security. And I said, well, it was implied, but it was never put in written as explicitly what is provided um, and, and, what, and what the risks are. So I think you know, going to your – and maybe that's a long way to answer the question here, but I don't think anything is totally foolproof. I think people still can probably find software to try to circumvent stuff if they really want to. Um, but then again, we know who has listened to the content. Let's say if you're trying to detect a leak and all of a sudden you go through the, your reporting system and you find that one person listened four times. Well, why did they listen four times? Were they listened once? Oh, this is cool. Listen second time, maybe to reinforce something, but was listen three or four designed to capture it. Um, so you can get a lot of information from the reporting as well. So it helps companies point if they have an issue. Yeah, and then you can kind of uh, narrow down what happened there. Um, how about, I mean, I, mean, I can certainly, I, I hear it all the time from companies, uh, we want to hear more from leadership. And this is certainly one way to get in front of people, but there's also some dangers, right? I mean, what if they don't come across the way they want to come across, or maybe it's not going as well as it potentially could go. Uh, and one article, Todd, I'm actually working on, depending on how this goes, maybe we'll include some of the, the comments in that article. It's actually about making live streaming easier for beginners. Now that's mm -hmm. about live streaming, but, but there are some tips, right? That we can give people, whether it's a live stream or whether it's a podcast to get going, right? What kind of tips do you have that, uh, you know, that, that can make it easier for people to get started? I think if you're in a corporate community and it, as it relates to, well, maybe any podcast. Hello. Hi. Are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end.
My Going Live book is now available on Amazon.com. And if you're in the United States, I'm happy to send you a signed copy, which you can order at paypal.me forward slash C-T-R-A-P-P-E, C-T-R-A-P-P-E forward slash 12. Thanks for your interest. If you're not in the United States, I can't send you a signed copy, but of course you can order on Amazon.com. For years, I've used talking points, you know, specific talking points that I want to cover. Maybe it's not a transcript, a pre-written out script, but it's basically here's a talking point and maybe a caution. Remember, don't talk about that. Or, and again, because um, this is pre-recorded, some companies are still going to force that audio to go through legal. You know, they're still going to, depending on the size mm-hmm. of the company, especially if they're talking about a new product, features, you know, that need, may need a tech review or something to that effect. So that doesn't, you know, just because you're recording doesn't really, if you've got corporate governance rules set up to, to have reviews and stuff, I think that still applies. But um, in general, I think for, for companies to stay out of trouble, um, is, you know, basically have a basic communications policy. You know, don't talk about politics. Uh, you know, don't talk about certain topics need to be stayed away from. Um, you know, things that will irritate a portion of your consumer base. You know, try to be socially and uh, inclusive in your content. I, I think that all goes into play from a from a business standpoint because you're not only talking to from a public side, you're not only talking to current customers or employees, or you're talking to potential employees and potential customers. So you have to be real careful with the, with your commentary. And I mean, just like the written word. I mean, I actually just did this uh, yesterday, the day before the, I did a, a podcast on the Japanese keyword hack, which I fell victim to. Unfortunately, I think it's all taken care of now. Um, and as you, you know, I'm not a technology guy. I'm a content guy. So I always learn all these things on the fly, right? Um, and I did a podcast on it. And then later I learned something else. And literally what I did, I just recorded another section. Now it didn't sound exactly like it because one was on the iPhone, one was on the on the, on the the iPad when I recorded it and it was later, right? But I just split it up, right? Put a little mid-roll mm-hmm. ad in there. Uh, and I don't think anybody can care and can tell. And even if they can tell, they probably don't care. So you can't edit things out. You can add things later. Uh, so it is possible to do that. And I think the whole review process, unless you just got nitpickers on the team, mm-hmm. right? You know, the people that nitpick on every little thing. Can we cut the ums and ahs? I, sometimes I cut them, but usually I think, I don't know. I don't know that it needs to be cut, honestly, just because there is a break in the action. So those are good tips. The talk, talking points, I especially appreciate that talk because uh, if you're going to just read a transcript, why do we right. need a podcast at all? Just yeah. send me the transcript. And have a voiceover artist do that or something. You know, I, I think that's also where our uh, pro production team comes in. Some companies have never done any multimedia. You know, they've done Twitter. They've done Facebook. They've done some Instagram. But they've never put out YouTube videos or they've never put out a podcast. And uh, it can be daunting. So that's why we turn them over our pro production team, let them, you know, this is what they do day in, day out. And that's their bread and butter. And, uh, 
when companies feel very sure that they're going to have a, a good product coming out. But then, uh, you know, it's on the other hand, I've, I've got the companies that just do it raw. And I, I appreciate that as well um, because they're too small to be able to, maybe they can't afford pro production. Maybe they've only got 20 team members and they're just, uh, they're looking away to grow their business and, or reach their current customer base. And uh, they do it raw. And that's the beauty about this entire podcasting space. There's really no rules. And I think I, I reiterate that with uh, uh, companies all the time. I say, do this how you want to do it, as complex or as simple um, as you want. It's, you know, if you want to record on your mobile device, that's great. We can support that. If you want to set up a, you know, get a good mic, uh, USB mic maybe. I see today Rode just came out with a new one um, that uh, is, is probably going to give a, a run for the money for many of the mics that are out there. And I think that you're – you really can set as small or big a budget as you want. Now, from the private internal podcasting standpoint, really our cost and most of the other companies' cost is really based upon the number of seats. And it's more set up kind of as an enterprise pricing level for the type of product that it is. Yep. And what what prompted the uh, what prompted you to get into private podcasting? Like, did you just like people kept asking about? Yeah, it when, you know, I'm running. Uh, I guess for a better word, uh, we've got a you know we've got a SaaS system, and I can see the type of tickets that have come in. And when a uh, when I'm getting three inquiries a week for private podcasting. Uh, you know, and you multiple, and you look at those, some of those are small, some of those are large, and you look at that across the year and you say, how many of those would, you know, convert? And does this make sense to spend six months of coding time? Because that's what it took. It took us about six months to get this built. Um, is it worth it? And we made the tactical decision to add it to the, to our features of different products and services. We have just like ad insertion. We didn't build an ad insertion platform until a little over a year ago. And the reason for that was is because 90% of podcasts deliver 90% of their downloads over the first 96 hours. So there was no need for the most podcasts to even need ad insertion. But for that 10% that did, we knew that this would be a product that would pay for itself over time. Yeah, the ad insertion topic is interesting too. I have ad... Uh placeholders right for dynamic insertion in all my episodes even when i don't run an episode even when i don't run a campaign and then i also add house ads we'll call them that yeah. that's probably not the right term um but you know basically pitching people to you know if you need help with marketing call me if you need, if you want to buy my content performance culture book right. you know here's how you can get it um so that's always in there um let's see here i was going to ask you something else um you know one thing for everyone to remember, whether you do it privately or publicly, I listen to some of my early podcast episodes and they stink. They're just terrible. And same with my first couple blog posts, you know, from uh, I don't know how long ago, decade ago. They're not the best thing I've ever written. And sometimes the tone, I didn't even like the tone. And I know I tried to be funny or whatever. So don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, you're not going to be perfect out of the gate. Uh, even now, you know, hundreds of episodes in, there's sometimes I listen back and I'm like, 
what am I even talking about? You know, my my first two episodes <laughs> back know? in 2004, I played ACDC at the beginning of the track. And, of course, that's a big no-no in podcasting. But we really didn't know. You know, <laughs> well, I found out like three episodes in. That's probably not a smart thing to do even back then. But, um, yeah, those first 50 episodes, um, I was still finding my voice. I think after – I think I've done about probably over a 1,000 interviews and probably – 2000 episodes between two or three shows that I've done. And I'm, I still find myself at times saying, why did you do that? You know? So I think it takes a while to find your voice and get your battle rhythm. And just be comfortable. I mean, that's kind of how I look at these shows too, whether, you know, whether it's public private or, or somewhere in the middle, um, just, you know, have a conversation. Right. Don't be too stiff. Uh, I do love the comment about the whole, don't read a transcript. I did actually have a conference before, where they literally just sat there and read a transcript to us. And I'm like, why am I even sitting here? Why did I fly to Europe so you can read your transcript to me? It's just, you could have sent it to me. Um, of course, Blueberry, uh, blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. You guys can check out Todd's company there. We'll have it in the notes here as well. You can click there. Todd, it was my pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for the insights. Uh, always appreciate having guests on that have a topic that I had not thought about so really appreciate that yeah absolutely and if you wisdom. got any questions you can email me directly todd at blueberry.com again b-l-u-b-r-r-y.com and uh or give us a shout on social we're watching that as well but uh, direct email always kind of works the best and i can direct you to the right person if it's a sales question or if you need it for more need more information and just uh, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And, and hopefully people take advantage of it. The other thing I would always like to mention how I run across guests. And it, once again, 98% of guests on the show are not a pitch that's incoming. Usually it's I find them, they say something smart. And what's interesting, Todd, I'm pretty sure I ran across you guys because you ran an ad uh, in yep. a podcasting yep. newsletter. Does that sound familiar? And so I saw it in there. I was like, super interesting. So so just a word of caution for all you people out there saying advertising doesn't work or doesn't work fast enough. Um, you know, at the very least, I was able to connect with Todd. That's good for me. And, and you know, uh, now you guys can think about private podcasting as well. Todd, thanks hey, again thanks for, for joining me. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, Currently got it in the eleven twenty spot. There's like okay. twenty five episodes ahead of it. Um, if I might, I did, as I mentioned, I'm, I am working on an mm -hmm. article on live streaming. For it's actually uh, Switcher Studio sponsored it. Uh, if okay, I might add sure. your, your comments in there about the talking points. And if I do that, I'll probably just push it up to publish that same day, which would probably be uh, all right. Just probably next and, week. Uh, drop me an email so, with the links and stuff, and we'll make sure we promote it on our end. Yeah, you bet. You Thanks too. so much. Bye -bye. Really appreciate it. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.